This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy on. His name is John Paul Mac Isaac, and um, he's the guy that owned the the computer repair shop when when the laptop from hell was dropped off. John Paul, first of all, it's nice to meet you, and I really appreciate your backbone in writing this book called American Injustice: My Battle to Expose the Truth. And I know that you've been on a lot of media outlets, whereas you could have just gone into hiding. But I love that you're out here telling your story. Nice to meet you. Well, first off, thanks for having me on the show, and. Uh... And an opportunity to tell my story. Is the book up on Amazon? Where can people go and get this? Yep, it's available on Amazon and where most books are found. Uh, somebody even said they saw it in a Target. So Wow, okay. And, and, it's, and it's behind you too. So when I take the full shot, the, those who are watching and listening can see what's going on behind you. And, and go and grab that book. Let's just take it back to the inception. Your shop is in Delaware, right? Yep, uh, about 10 miles from Joe's house. Okay, so, so you're in Delaware and in walks, I'm assuming, Hunter Biden. Do you know it's him immediately? No, I'm, I'm legally blind. I'm visually impaired. So okay. I, I can see clearly about four to eight inches, about four feet functionally. So when he came in, I did not recognize him. But then again, I never really cared much to pay attention to what the Biden kids look like. Right, uh, right. I, when he told me who he was when I was checking him in to the uh, and to our repair system, and I also noticed a, a Bo Biden sticker on the laptop, I kind of put two to two and, together. And uh, I was under the impression that they were his, actually his deceased brother's laptops. Oh, okay. Off, often is the case, customers will come in with a deceased loved one's devices and they want to get the memories off those devices. Right. And Hunter just came in with three liquid damaged laptops and he just wanted the data off. He didn't want them repaired. Uh, one of them was a complete write-off. I handed it back to him. Uh, the second one just needed uh, – t- he needed to borrow a keyboard, so I let him borrow a keyboard, okay. and he could facilitate his own backup. The third one, I could recover the data. It just needed to be checked in. It wasn't something I could facilitate at the counter. And it wasn't until the next day when I was going through the verification process and dragging and dropping this data, that's when I realized that this laptop was not Bo Biden's. It was Hunter's. Right. It's uh, American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. It's uh, John Paul Mac Isaac, uh, the former lept- uh, the former re- uh, computer repair shop owner. You said you had to shut it down right away, and we'll get into that in a second. But but as this is going on, most repair shops have some sort of a, a, a policy. You drop it off, and we'll fix it, and you've got a certain amount of time to claim it. If you don't, it just becomes yours. What was What was your policy at the time? Uh, as I explained to Hunter, uh, after 90 days, after the repair is complete and you fail to return your calls or, and reach out to me after repeated attempts, the laptop becomes my property. Normally, we do this because, say it was a broken screen and I put $500 worth of parts in right. that computer, I want to get that money back. I'm going to have to take that part, pull it, and put it in somebody else's machine and get the money that way. Uh, this was not a repair. There were no parts used. This was a complete loss for me. Uh, it was something that... I just wanted out of my shop, to be honest, and and uh, ultimately it did. 
So in, in moving the data from that computer to some other device that, that where he could have used the data, because again, as you said, he didn't want to repair the laptop. He just wanted the data off the, off the drive. Um, when you do that, do you see what data is there or do, is it just sort of ones and zeros and, and it just does it on its own? You do the transfer. He never comes back. Then you take a look at it or, or does it happen as you're transferring it? So in a perfect world, I would set up the transfer by just cloning the drive, yes. doing what referred to as a forensic clone. Uh, unfortunately, this machine was suffering from liquid damage. It would stay powered on for maybe an hour, and then it would shut down. I'd have to charge it back up. Right. It would run for about an hour, shut down. And this was a repeated process that I had to go through for about five, six hours on Saturday. So right. uh, this, it was shut down halfway through a transfer. I'd have to start so, – it was no different than dragging and dropping folders from your desktop to a flash drive. It, gotcha. it was one file at a time. If it shut down, I had to start it back up again, compare what I copied, see what's changed. And it's during that com- uh, comparison process or that verification process. That's when I was uh, privy to a lot of the um, sensational material that was on the laptop. At that point, though, it's still within the 90 days. He's still going to get it back. Or at that point, do you think to yourself, there is something going on here that I might need to, to reach out to the authorities? You know, at first, his dad wasn't running for president. So okay. I just, this was just a guy with disgusting stuff on his laptop. And, and yeah, sure, I saw some documents that had a lot of money exchanging hands. Yeah. Uh, but his dad wasn't running for president. Right. And about two weeks later, his dad announced, announces his candidacy. And I started to get nervous because Hunter's in possession of a document that clearly says that I'm hired to go through and recover data from his digital devices. So. Right. I just figured it was a matter of time before somebody came looking for that laptop and possibly come looking for me. So in the middle of the summer, when it became my property, after repeated attempts to have him come and pick it up, and I know his voicemail was working because I called him on the 15th of April to say, you need to pick up an external hard drive and drop it off so I can transfer your data. Yeah. And he came into the store on the 16th. So I know his phone was working. I just don't understand why he didn't come back in and pick it up because my life would have been a hell of a lot better off in the long run if he had just picked it up when it was ready. I'll bet. It's uh, John Paul uh, Mac Isaac. I got to tell you, it's kind of interesting to me that, that there's a Mac in your name and this was a Mac book or something. Uh, were, were you only an Apple repair shop or did you do all sorts of repairs? No, nope, just Macs. That's interesting. Okay, um, uh, he's got a book out. It's called American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. His was the shop where Hunter Biden himself dropped off the laptop, or, or more than one laptop, it turns out. And, and the data transfer was done. He dropped off the external hard drive. It's all, it's all set and good to go. You try to contact him to come and pick it back up, and he just never does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, never picks it up. Um, he did request that I send a square secure payment system or automated email that gets sent out yeah. uh, with the bill. And I did that. So he was getting emails. He was getting phone calls from me. I don't know why I didn't pick it up. Uh, I know that during the summer and he only left one laptop with me. He came in with three. He left with two. Okay. And then I, I checked in the one. Uh, but by the middle of the summer, when it became my property by about mid-July, the uh, Burisma and Hunter Biden's activities were in the news. So I started to get more concerned that not only was I sitting on something that I feared for my safety over because of the very sensitive material I had seen, but also now I might be sitting, sitting on uh, criminal activity. And so I kind of did a deep dive into the laptop just to see if what I had seen prior was real and I wasn't, this wasn't a figment of my imagination. Uh, it didn't take me long to see the, a blatant pay-for-play scheme being run out of the office of the vice president. So, and at, the, at that point, you wanted out of your possession. There's no way. This thing was hot as could be. And mm-hmm. you're thinking, let me get this out of my shop. I don't want to have any responsibility. Do, do you reach out to the FBI right then or do you wait some? 
Uh, I on, it was actually a car ride back with my parents from Salt Lake City, Utah to Denver after a gunship association uh, meeting. I my mom was asleep in the back, so I figured this would be a good time to ask my dad for some guidance. Yeah. I told him the situation, and we both agreed that going to the FBI was was the right course of action. Uh, we both didn't trust the FBI because of it and the Justice Department's uh, weaponization with the Mueller investigation and three years of Russia, Russia, Russia. Right. So we were kind of apprehensive, but we also, you know, my father's a 31-year colonel in the Air Force, so uh, we, we respect the chain of command and we understand these institutions are in place. And if you don't believe in these institutions, you don't have to trust it. You just have to believe in it enough right. because if you don't believe in it, they're guaranteed to fail. Uh, but we definitely did not trust going to the FBI on the East Coast, uh, or at least in the Northeast uh, Corridor. So uh, we agreed I was going to mail my father a copy of the drive, copy of the paperwork. Smart. And he was going to go and present it to the FBI field office in Albuquerque, which he did on October 9th, 2019. Uh, that's when my father described the interaction with the FBI as the most humil- humiliating experience of his life. Wow. Uh, the agent who refused to give his name. Uh, criticized my father's explanation on why he was seeking help. He, he said uh, that, oh, this, does, this sounds like a civil problem, not a, uh, not a federal problem, and you better lawyer up and get out of our office. Holy so mackerel. It's like, they, here's a guy 30, 30 years in the military, walks mm-hmm. in to do the right thing uh, because there's obvious uh, allegation. Well, it didn't have an allegation. You see criminal activity on this drive. We've all seen some of these videos now, and we've seen some of these texts and these emails, and, and he was, like, shunned because he walked in with it? That's weird. He walked in there with one goal, and that was to get his son protection because he's in Albuquerque. He can't do anything. I'm sitting on a time bomb out in Delaware, and you know he he just wants – he's never asked the government for anything in his life. He's given them 31 years, and he asked this FBI agent, hey, I need you to look out for my kid. And the FBI agent kicked him out. So we, we found we found out something brand new today. By the way, it's John Paul Mac Isaac. Uh, get the book. It's called American Injustice: My Battle to Expose the Truth. We had all been told that that it was December of nineteen that the FBI got the drive. That's not true. Your father tried to give it to them in October of nineteen. Did they take it from him, or did they not take it? Uh, they did not take it. They took the copy of the paperwork, but they did not take the drive. Uh, wow. It wasn't until about a couple weeks later that an agent reached out to my father. Agent Joshua reached out to my father in an effort to get a hold of me. Uh, I agreed. I spoke with Agent Joshua on the phone. They wanted to come to my house. Uh, I agreed. Once again, I tried to give them the laptop. They showed up about mid-November to my home, uh, two agents. Uh, I said, "Here's, I just want this. To, I actually, I had printed up material that I thought was relevant because during this time, we had just were going through the uh, impeachment hearings. And from what I had seen on that laptop, there was more than enough evidence to exonerate the president. Yes. So I was trying to kind of tiptoe around and not not look political, um, but pre- still present that here's some information pertaining to Ukraine and pertaining to uh, what was going on in Ukraine, the, the former pro quo. Uh, the agents ignored the material. They said that they can't touch the laptop. They'd have to talk to their legal team and they'll get a hold of me. So again, the second meeting with the FBI, they still don't want the laptop. Correct. What on earth? I mean, uh, John Paul, as you're going through this, are you thinking to yourself, this is the top law enforcement agency in this country. They don't want the information that I have. Do you think that they were trying to have plausible deniability? Well, we never saw the laptop. Therefore, we don't know what's on it. I mean, what, what do you think was going on? I have no idea. I don't I don't typically like to speculate. Uh, I just I think they were probing me. Uh, they asked me a lot of my concerns and questions uh, of, that I had. And I, I told them I, I feared for my safety from individuals. Yes 
foreign and domestic that might want to do me harm for what I've seen on this laptop. And they, they did not want to even look at or discuss it or talk about the data on the laptop. And uh, so I, I, I didn't feel too good. I'd, every day it seemed like the circle of people that knew what I was sitting on was getting larger and I had no control over it. Uh, finally, they said that they wanted to swing by the shop on December 9th, 2019, <laughs> exactly three years ago today, right. actually. Um, wow, what a ride. Um, and uh, they, they were going to bring their tech guy to do a forensic clone. And I figured... I don't know how they were going to do it. I couldn't do it, but their tech guy must make a couple figures more than me. So sure. Right. And so they showed up at the shop, but they, it was just the two agents, agent Mike and agent Joshua. They no tech guy. So I was like, where's your tech guy? He's like, Oh, we don't have a tech guy, but we have the subpoena and we're going to take everything. Wow. So I don't think, I don't think those agents had ever seen someone so excited to be handed a subpoena in their entire <laughs> life. I was bouncing off the walls. I was just overjoyed. And unfortunately in that, I kind of got a little cocky, and when I was holding the door, walking the gentleman out after they collected everything, I said, don't worry, lads, I'll leave your name out of the book when I write it. Wow. That's when Agent Mike turned around and told me that it's in his experience that nothing ever happens to people that don't talk about these things. I was so excited at the time, I I didn't really notice the thinly veiled threat. No, that was certainly a threat, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, At that point, and it's John Paul MacIsaac, get his book, called American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. He was the repair shop owner where Hunter Biden dropped off his laptop. Um, At that point, your dad's got a a, a forensic clone that you made. Did you you save some copies for yourself as well, just in case? So when I made my father's copy, I made another copy. Good. Because I knew once my father stepped foot in that FBI office, the, the cat's out of the bag. And it could be the next day that somebody comes, tracks me down, and throws me in a hole somewhere. So right, right. I needed a dead man switch. And so what I did was I have a, a dear friend of mine named Kristen who uh, I told her the situation. I said, look, I, I need you to check on me. Uh, we're, we're both kind of the same kind of introvert, keep to ourselves. So, right. it, it's you know, she would be very passive, but she would keep an eye on me. And if I were to disappear for any period of time, her instructions were to take a manila envelope with a letter just addressed to Rudy Giuliani and a copy of the drive and take it to, and hand deliver it to Rudy Giuliani's office. Because right. back in 2019, there was the only person on the planet that was a lawyer that knew probably more about Ukraine and the Bidens than Hunter was – Rudy Giuliani. He was actually in Ukraine doing the research of what I was sitting on that summer. So, and, and by the way, the laptop proved him to be right about everything that he found out. Yeah, uh, Rudy's a very good friend. He's been on the show a million times talking about this very topic. I know that he got a copy. At what point does he get the copy? Because uh, thank God you're fine. You didn't disappear. But but he gets it anyway. And at that point, he and, and Bernie Carrick start going through it and start. They start to really see what's going on on this laptop and how 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 criminal filled it is or crime filled it is at what point does he get involved so my friend sat on this envelope for about 11 months and finally after spending the better part of uh the late uh early winter or late winter of 2021 or 2020 yeah yeah 2020 through the midsummer uh my father and my uncle another retired colonel in the air force were trying to reach out to members of congress to alert them to not only the existence of the laptop but also the FBI's behavior towards the laptop. Right. Uh, unfortunately, because we're talking the, the height of the pandemic, uh, I think a paranoid and preoccupied Congress uh, basically ignored us and our cries for help fell on deaf ears. And so it was in August, late August of 2020, that uh, I traded my fear of getting caught and getting exposed and losing everything for courage. And I reached out to Rudy Giuliani's office. 
I, I got in contact with his lawyer, Bob Costello. And then on August 28th, I retrieved my friend's hard drive that she had been sitting on patiently for me. And turns out that that would be the drive I would mail to Rudy. And I was explicit. I didn't even want Rudy to know who I was. Bob, right. They just referred to me as Bob's guy because I, I was I was still desperately hanging on to the idea that I was going to deliver this criminality, do the right thing and still keep my business, keep my place in my community, keep my friends. Um, and I was I was desperately trying to to not be found out. Not no, be- I, I got you. And, and it makes perfect sense. You wanted to be, you didn't want to be in the spotlight. You didn't want to have all this happen. Yeah. It, but it just so happened the laptop was dropped off at, at your shop. And then what was on it was, I mean, this is not only of national interest, it's of international interest. And the criminality that you keep speaking of, Rudy exposed all of it. Bernie Carrot exposed all of it. It's all real. And, and, and people needed to know about this. And, and thank God, you know, you have a, a backbone like you do. Introvert or not, you got this out there. And now it's really starting to unravel. The book is called American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. He's John Paul Mac Isaac. Make sure you go and get this book. It's on Amazon and elsewhere. He's finding it elsewhere as well. I've only got about a minute left, and, and you, you've got to promise me you'll come back on the show soon because there's so much else going on here. Uh, number yeah. one, the shop is closed. When did you close the shop? Well, after, so I was outed on October 14th, and my business survived a little over two weeks after that. Uh, I Unsavory characters were coming in the shop. Uh, the Wilmington Police Department really stepped up. They put an officer in front of my shop for about the entire time that I was there. Yeah, who, I had, who outed you? Did somebody, do you think somebody leaked it from the, from the FBI? Uh, the New York Post forgot to blur out my shop's oh, name. Man. And since I'm the only one there, it didn't take long for people to put two and two together and, and then come down on me like a ton of, so, ton so, of bricks. So, so that was it. Then, then you were the target. I know people were yeah. calling you a Russian hacker. Uh, were, did the FBI make direct threats to you or not? Um, not directly. I mean, last I spoke to the FBI was mid uh, mid December of 2019. And that was it. They haven't gone near me. I've made repeated attempts to say, if you want to revisit this, if you want to uh, another clean copy of the drive, I mean, it's, it's the moral of the story is make a backup. Well, and it turns out you're back in the spotlight now because we're seeing the, the Twitter dump. And it turns out everything that you've been saying is true. Everything I've been saying about censorship and squelching the, the Hunter Biden story much more is all true. You got Can you come back on like next week? Let's do another segment on this because I really feel like we just scratched the surface. And I want people to go and get this book, American Injustice, My Battle to Expose, uh, to Expose the Truth. It's John Paul MacIsaac. Can we do that? Absolutely. Be honored. John Paul, I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. meant it when I said it to John Paul Isaac, um, John Paul Mac Isaac, that we'll have him on again next week. There's so much more we didn't get into. There's so much more to that story that we just barely scratched the surface. And with the Twitter dump that's happening, knowing that that story was squelched, knowing now uh, that the FBI could have had it even earlier, it becomes even more intriguing. Joe Pag Show, coming back. Stay here. You're listening to Joe Pags.